International. Hey, look, I have a hard time keeping up with what's ironic and what's sincere, okay? I don't even know what the fuck people are talking about half the time. Do you like something for the effort they put in, or do you like it for the lack of effort, but the firm conviction that it can be good by the person doing it? Just give me an answer. Why was Harlem Shake, Damn Daniel, and that frog on the fucking unicycle so popular? I get it, but at the same time, I don't get it. I'm a man who wakes up with lower back pain and has a retirement portfolio. I like maple-flavored things. The other day, I spent more than 30 minutes on the IKEA website looking at accent tables. Are those things ironically funny or just lame? Does the fact I watch the show Scrubs and actually laugh at some of this shit make me the enemy? What's happening here? I have a lot of questions. Somebody help me. Preferably a digital native with three to five years experience. My name is Ryan. I was a teen in the 90s. I am not a millennial. All of my guests are. If it doesn't fit, you must equip. This is the good life. Just relax and let my mind drift. Having Y2K compliant. Slim Jim. Eat my shorts. What's the deal with Aquaman? Could he go on the land or was he just restricted to wood? No stairway. Denied. This is Ryan with the Millennials. All right. Welcome. To the show, thank you for joining us again. Aloha, shalom, assalamualaika, bonjour, hola. Did I say hola already? Twice. Fuck. And there you go. There's the first F-bomb, too. That's how we <laughs> like to set the tone of things here. <laughs> my, uh, my guest this week is Jesse. Jesse, how are you, sir? Pretty good, man. How are you? Go ahead. I'm doing great, man. Drop an F-bomb. Let's, let's get on the same page. Fuck. There it is. Look All at that. Right. No one's going to censor us. Yeah. Some real Rage Against the Machine shit in here. Yeah, yeah. Uncensored. Uncensored and full of angst. The FCC doesn't listen to your podcast? They they do. That's why I curse. Oh, okay. Because I just Stick come at me. The man. That's it. I'm not going to be burdened by the regulations of government organizations. No, okay. True rebel. Nice. Do you pay taxes? No. Taxes. <laughs> come on, man. That shit is hack. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm tired. A little tired today, but pretty good, man. Yeah. Just getting and going. What are you so tired from? Uh, stayed up kind of late last night. Just being yeah. bored. Yeah. Just I being get bored? To sleep. Yeah. On the internet, watching videos? Kind of. I've watched, uh, tried to watch Pacific. The Pacific. I started rewatching that. It's pretty the good. The Pacific? Yeah. It's like an old war TV show. Okay. About the Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, the, the ocean? No, the town <laughs> in Iowa. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a rough war. What? Yeah, wow. In Iowa. <laughs> it's big up there. Yeah. <laughs> it's the war on Iowa. Uh, how was the show? It kept you up, huh? It Pretty was good. Riveting. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Both shows were really good. Um, You're a guy that likes watching war shows. Yeah. Yeah, I love... I did used to not like them, but I kind of like them now. Um, the older I get, the more I like them. They're intriguing. I like to see the uh, complex uh, emotions that play out during, like, when they... On really good shot war stuff, though, it's like... You get to see some like uh, pretty interesting. It's a lot of, it provides you a lot of things to think about. I think you're not like a blood and guts guy, are you? Like you're just waiting for the intestine shot. Normally, I'm not, but I do love the movies that like are really good at showing like how it's not. I don't like gore movies and stuff. Like I'm not into that, but like yeah. I love to see 
in that in war movies because it's almost like a I don't know. It adds to it. It's almost like how Christians sometimes when they're like, think about Jesus getting beat the fuck mm-hmm. and it'll help you love him more. Like, yeah. It's almost kind of like that, I guess. I don't know. I can kind of see the logic. Yeah, something something about war movies where gore is involved. It, it's it's not about shock value. It's to sort of hammer the point home. Well, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to get the point of uh, like what I'm talking about, you know, the points of watching a war movie like that. If you're watching a war movie and like, it's like, ping, ping, the guy's like, oh, and he grabs his heart and falls down. Yeah. Like that's not real. It's not going to drive up any real emotion in you those are the ones i like yeah for like the naked know, gun yeah night naked gun. yeah <laughs> reservoir good, dogs i love that war movie yeah <laughs> reservoir dogs is my favorite war movie hey, that's a pretty good movie i love reservoir dogs that's a great movie no intestines in that one though yeah there is kind of kind of there's, there's a, a lot of blood i don't know if you get to see like full-on intestines like you do in war movies yeah i, I it's mean like half the budget in war movies like all right how many legs can we make come <laughs> flying have, off for right 10 grand we have a guts budget and we must make it yeah uh, we must meet it um you know, watching war shit, I guess, I mean, it's a universal thing, but if I may just sort of say this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, I've gotten to know you, uh, I guess the past year, mm-hmm. or 10 to 12 months, mm-hmm. you're like the countryest person I've ever met. Is that fair to say? Are you a country? I don't know who all you've met, Yeah. so I couldn't speak on that for sure, Yeah. but <laughs> I don't consider myself very country at all. Like I'm one of the least country people from back where I grew up. Well, and that's why I think I see you that way, because yeah. you're not a guy that's going to walk around with a 10-gallon hat and the boots and the buckle. I don't consider that. My definition of like country living is kind of like probably just you coming home. Simple. Plump. Yeah. Real well, simple. You know, I, for lack of a better term. but Coming home, eating a fresh hot pocket. Yeah, stuff plop, like that. Plopping down on the recliner. That's pretty accurate then, yes. 2 a.m., you know, eating a <laughs> Hot Pocket, not waiting for it to cool down. No, there's like, the more I try to defend it and say that I'm not, like, I just, just because I was, wasn't as country as the people where I grew up from didn't mean that, doesn't mean that I'm not, like, really pretty white trash. No, I mean, I, I see that's the thing. I think they're probably white trash in your country, and there's a huge difference. There's, there's, a, there's I don't a, know. There's an I intellect. do a lot of white trash things, man. <laughs> well, I mean, we all do, you know. We <laughs> oh, all, I'm so, yeah. We all a lot of things. scratch our balls and have a brand of oh, beef I w- jerky. I wish it stopped at that. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, where does it keep going, then? What, well, like, uh, for, here's one. This is, like, just a big thing. Like, this, is, this isn't even probably the worst thing, but, like, it's pretty fucking gross. It's like, I dip. I've dipped since I was... Yeah, that's 14. pretty fucking gross. Yeah. I've dipped snuff since I was 14. I'm off and on, but mostly on. That is a very country thing. That's a very country thing. I didn't think about that because a lot of people did where I, where I grew up, especially guys. Like, yeah. Because I played baseball and stuff, and that's kind of how it started. Playing but, baseball, a very country thing to well, me. Well, if you wanted to be good like Chipper Jones, you had to dip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that uh, was the call. Now, did you move into dipping after Marlboro Reds? Was um, that the uh, progression? First cigarette I ever had, I remember being like young. I was like 11 or 10, and I was out in the woods with this friend I had made that I'd found out. He was like a different school, but like I could ride my bike yeah. to his house because we both lived kind of on the edges. You know what I mean? Okay. And he was like a little bad little shit. Mm-hmm. And I'll go hang out with him. And we just like go play on his woods. And he had this sweet like uh, dart gun thing. Sure, of course. So we would shoot shit with it. And then we was would... it homemade? It had to no, be it was legit. Oh, it was legit. It was a okay. real one. Like it was one you loaded in there and you just barely had to. And it would like it, it was if it would fuck you up. It yeah, would, it would kill a cat. Well, <laughs> please don't tell me you killed any cats. No, we didn't. A couple of birds. I'm not going to say that on the right. No, I'm just kidding. It's, we didn't kill any cats, but uh, probably a bird, maybe. I don't know. We probably heard a bird. Bird or two. Yeah. Maybe a squirrel. Birds don't have souls. They nah. have like one big collective soul. They steal souls. <laughs> yeah, they have a collective soul. If you soul. shoot one bird, it's like you stepped on a bird's toe. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We have enough birds anyway. There's too many, if you ask me. The ecosystem is not being thrown off its axis. Every time I look at my car and it's got poop on it, it just <laughs> reminds me of the struggle we face as humans every day against them. Yeah. 
when I when I when I when I see you as like the countryest person I've ever known, you know, I gave a, a, a sort of humorous description of what I was referring to, but I do attach some sort of rural intellect to the phrase <laughs> a country person because like, you know, even though you probably grew up, did you grow up in a small town? Yeah, very small town. Yeah. Even though you may have grown up in a small town, you still have a fairly broad worldview. Is that accurate? I've, well, I've had the internet since I was like five. Right. So that's that's what, like the millennial thing. Yeah. Like I've had the internet for a long time. So like I don't understand what people don't like the people that have had the internet that long. Like I guess they just didn't use it. I don't know. So but, does that does that mean the sort of small town mentality has gone by the wayside because we all have access to the same info? Um, I think there's less of an excuse sometimes. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. Like uh, but also uh, I honestly grown up. Here's my thing. I think that there's a lot of things you can't learn if you grow up and just live in a small town that you won't know unless you like move out and go to a cities and start yeah. being around all different types of people. But there's a lot of things that you can learn from being in a small town about like how to be social and get along with people sure. and treat people right. Yeah. Like you can learn all that in a small town. It's even more amplified to me in a small town because if you fuck up, you don't have the option of being like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to not hang out with you and hang out with other people. No, you're going to fucking see them yeah. all the time for 12 more years, you like, gotta, probably. You got to own... You have... It's part of you. Like, you have to learn how to uh, to to live be life. That, be, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, be yeah, that person. I think it's, a, like, a very real world. Like, that's... It's almost... I do, oops, sorry. I, uh... <laughs> I recognize that, like, uh... <laughs> city living is, like... It's just two different worlds to me, but it's... You can learn the same lessons in each, but there are lessons that I've learned living in like New Orleans and Austin, different sure. cities, that just like how to, you know, you appreciate people more in a big city. It doesn't seem like you wouldn't, like it doesn't make any sense until you do it. Yeah. Because like in the small town, they all think that they care about people more well, than you know, people in cities do. And I don't think it's true. I think people in cities do. They just see people in cities walking by homeless people and they're like, see, you would have helped if we would have helped them. Right. Well, like, yeah, you don't have any fucking homeless people there because they would be sleeping in the woods. They right. would be called woods people, not homeless. Like, you don't and have also, street homeless people because you don't have streets. Yeah. Well, also, you know that I grew up in New York, which is a big city. And uh, I've heard it. About yeah. It. You heard yeah. about you heard Once in New York? Or twice, I've read a book. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. Um, they have those in small towns. Uh, and the thing the thing is, is like we're not, you know, we're not assholes on purpose. It's just the burdens of living in a large city, the battles that you're up against on a day-to-day do not allow for you to just take the time to maybe help a homeless person. I've bought homeless people a meal and I've given them a dollar in the past, but right. I'm not... I'm not invested. Right. I, I could just as easily keep walking because I don't give a fuck. I think uh, I got things to do. I think neighbor gets trains to catch. Neighbor gets summed it up really good. Who's that? It, yeah, he's, yeah. He was. <laughs> he uh, he said one time like uh, he was talking about like this trying to help somebody out when he first got to New York. And he's like, and I had just got to New York, so I still cared about people at this mm-hmm. point. Like, sure. Yeah, exactly. Just like he hadn't, he didn't realize, like, he's like, in his head, he's just like, I gotta sure. be a hero. Like, no, you right. don't. And just, and just to speak to that, your life. Uh, you know, big city folk, it's not that we don't care about people, it's just that we tend to take them on a case-by-case basis. Right. You know, where I'm from, you're an asshole first, and then you, you prove to be a nice guy. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, in smaller towns or maybe in the South, it's, it's sort of the opposite. You know, yeah. you, your trust is already earned up front. And then, you know, if that person turns out to be an asshole, like you had mentioned earlier, then it's up to that person to own that. Yeah. You know? Uh, how many people were in your high school? Uh, I had 50 people in my graduating class. 
50. So, so like 200 total probably. That's like my gym class. Yeah, right. And it was nuts. Was there a lot of uh, atrocious rumors and... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like all that. Like I'm sure... I don't know if it was different for like a big school, but like it probably worse because like how few people. So like everybody knew the rumor. Even if you didn't want to hear the rumor, you were going to know about it. Yeah, well, and, and it only died down when another rumor started getting spread around, I would imagine, right? Yeah, or something else happened, yeah. Did you uh, ever get dragged into the center of a shitstorm? Um, see, that's what I was talking about with the social thing like i learned early on like throughout middle school i learned that i didn't want to fight for a living mm-hmm. like so i just started learning how to not get in fights by using my brain yeah and talking and i guess i got decent at it because i never got in another fight well i i've gotten one but like i was that was just like a drunk thing yeah, yeah but yeah. like you know what i mean and I, that was but yeah like it's you like you it taught me how to like get along with people i felt like and just avoid confrontation in general because sure. i don't like confrontation for the most part not physical at least no i'm I, i'm right there with you i don't like physical or any confrontation yeah. for that matter and and that may speak to the case-by-case basis with people yeah that i experience because uh i have been dragged into the center of a shitstorm of rumors but i never reacted because i was just like well you know i'm i'm just not gonna hang out with those people yeah you know and i'll go do my other right i'll do i'll go do my thing somewhere else mm-hmm. um now had i grown up in a small town i don't know i may have uh you know jumped off a bridge or something because i don't know that i could sort of uh handle that sort of attention. oh yeah well see here's the god damn it jesse i'm sorry y'all <laughs> <laughs> keep kicking the mics there no it's great it, it, uh it's adding yeah it's adding it adds to the aesthetic yeah, yeah. Is a button we're pushing. Yeah. Um, no, I, the people I feel really bad. Not it wasn't even the rumor people. Is the people that were like gay and stuff like because they it was it was rumors in high school and they would like in all honesty I'd, it, it would have been crazy back then for them to be like to come out mm-hmm. in that environment because it was so unsafe. Like not like you're not gonna lose your life, but like God damn, who wants to have a bad life on purpose like for four years and in that, high school? You know, like get fucking treated like shit every day. Sure. And Just, that, I like I would have done this. I would have just been like, no, you know what I mean. I would have played it like dumb too until I got out of there. Then I'd be like, fuck all y'all. Yeah, you know what I mean. When, I'm coming and, out. And, and all of them did exactly that. Sure. And it's funny because like, there are a lot of them that like lost friends over it. You yeah. Know what I mean, you can tell they lost friends, but they're totally happier now. And guess what? They're living better lives too. Well, I, you they're know, they're not back in their hometown working for their the company their parents worked for. Sure. You well, know. I think you know once you once you get out of high school and maybe go to college or not, um, you know once you head into adult life, uh, you tend to understand who you are and not yeah. give a shit about what people might think from high school. Right. Well, at least that's the hope. Oh know? no, well, I still hope. I oh, still yeah. care. <laughs> I want to stick it all in their face. No. Well, that's, that's probably why you're doing stand up. I'm mean, there's of a, it, yeah, probably. there's part of it. Yeah, a huge part. I'm sure. You know, like it's uh, you know, part of you wants to show up to the ten year reunion. Every ex girlfriend, every girl, every person that's ever thought I was dumb or not. Yeah, that, like yeah. that's a huge part of it. I think about that not all the time, but very often. You're motivated by. I'll it. I'll think about you know you'll daydream about being on TV or something sure. and. Because you already get glimpses of it now, you know what I mean? Like when people like uh, will comment on when they'll see my videos or something, like people from back home, yeah. like they won't even refer to me as a, like Jesse anymore. Or like I know that they're like, I know this guy. Yeah. But like, wow, that is the weirdest way to refer to it. Like I'm right here. <laughs> like we, we know each other. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so they're, they're trying to uh, uh, lay claim to what you're doing. Right, like, almost. Take, take yeah, like, credit, you, you, know? you just see a little shift in the way yeah. it, like the perception goes. And it's all a magic trick. That's the funnest part of it is it's like not real. They don't know that. <laughs> what, stand-up? Yeah, it's not real. It's something that's totally fake. Like You know what I mean? Well, it's like a party trick to you? It's an act, yeah. But, well, it's totally an act. Like At this point, like it's uh, 
Yeah, like it's not, it's it's so funny. Well, especially like that's what I love about doing the cap shows because you get to watch people run six shows in three nights mm -hmm. and like watching Steve do 45 minutes and just like how pretty much on point is the exact same 45 minutes. He comes in like two minutes. You right. Know? And, and this, just uh, just so the Andy, listeners know, Andy, we're, we're talking about Steve Razanisi. Razanisi. Razanisi, yeah, who's from, headlining and Jesse is... Yeah. Uh, hosting or yeah, featuring? Hosting and Danny oh. Palumbo is featuring. Okay. And both of them, like, but they've just been watching, but even Danny, like, Danny's like amazing, you know what I mean? To watch sure. both of them. So, like, to see it and watch them run the same and just run it in and out, you get to see it and you pick up on how mm -hmm. much of it really does go to your performance and being consistent and delivering an act and a, a polished act. Sure. I mean, there's, there, I'm not denying that there's a magic to the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the art and the craft of doing stand up, but, yeah. um, I mean, it's, it's more than that. Well, I feel, it? Yeah, it's more, it's an art form. I feel like I've earned it and I feel like I'm a good performer and I'm, I'm proud of the jokes I've wrote, but I also deep down know that like a, when people come and they're watching it for the first time, yeah, it's totally different than my comic friends that are sitting over there that have heard the fucking jokes sure. several times. Like they'll still laugh. I laugh at stuff that I've heard of, you know, and I know what's coming, mm -hmm. but it's more like sometimes I wonder if I'm laughing at just the, like the joy reaction of seeing my that joke work again you know what i mean and yeah. seeing it i don't know i don't know but it's a that's a it's a it's definitely a facade whenever you it's different the first time you see a joke from the second time that's why it's different than a lot of another reason why it's different than music mm -hmm. is because nobody goes to a concert and is like we've heard all your old songs sure we just want the new stuff right very rarely does that happen no because music there's an emotional connection right. to that that lasts and with with comedy and not just stand-up it's, right. it's 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 there's an element of surprise mm -hmm. As a matter of fact i would say that that is the foundation for writing a good joke yes yeah. you know you lead with your left and then you sock them with yeah, your it right is surprise it's a uh, it's the hiding hiding you the key is that you know where the punchline, what the end of it is, right. and the audience doesn't. Right. And if you know that from the jump, then you're gonna, it's gonna be funny as long as you have the cadence and you know how the rhythm works behind it and all that. Right. Like you deliver it the way it's supposed to be uh, delivered. Right. Now, um, you've been doing stand up for how long? Uh, like three years. Okay. Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're, you're a budding comic. You're, you're doing well. You're on, Green. You're on your way. Green. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I dare to say that you may be sort of growing out of that green. That will be phase. tight. Yeah. I don't like being green, but I am young in the comedy game. I mean, look at the, uh, well, talent is talent. You know, um, you said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, no, I look, I, I will not be shy about it. I'll validate you right here. Well, you know, it doesn't, talent doesn't mean it. You know, you know how that works out. Well, luck is involved. There's going to be so much luck. I hope you know that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't, I don't expect to get anywhere. Like, I'm just, I'm on cloud nine, just already having what I'm having. But what I'm, what I'm driving at it, there's, there's a difference between comics like yourself who have been doing it for the amount of time that they have and are achieving things like getting booked at headlining clubs mm -hmm. to open for people. And there's a difference between someone who only has been going to open mics for five to eight years and works on everything, it seems, but the jokes. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, your website looks great, mm -hmm. but how about we uh, write some material? How about we tune into a voice here? Yeah. A lot of that, to me, I really think, and this is my opinion, I don't know if it's true, but like for me, I think it all comes down to a sense of urgency as far as how fast people, like, if you have talent and, you, and you're funny, because there's just so many, like, you know, when you see somebody funny that's new and you're starting on comedy, if they have talent, you're like, there's something there. You're funny. You, yeah. need, you need to work on it, mm -hmm. but you're really funny. You've got something there. Sure. Like, it takes time to do that, but like, there's, 
I don't remember what I was saying about this. I just, uh, <laughs> no, we were just talking about you know what, oh, <laughs> where the priorities lie when you're a young oh, yeah. comic. Uh, you know? I think I think uh, what determines like how fast somebody with talent get figures out how to do it mm-hmm. uh, just kind of determines almost in like your uh, how fast you need it to happen. Like I like I said, I put myself in a position where like I really needed breaks to fall for me in order to be able to keep doing it, and I put myself in that position just because it. Uh, created a sense of urgency do you think that um you know uh curating a good reputation for yourself as a result of your small town upbringing had anything to do with that um i don't know about if it had anything i'm sure like i've learned that it's nice to have some unique identifiers about you that Mm -hmm. always helps but uh just just getting along with everybody in the scene goes a long way Sure. To being able to get opportunities in the scene that are the better opportunities, and and I'm a big believer because a lot of people think you the most valuable open mics are the shittiest open mics with two people, right? And I understand the value of those, but I I've found out at, at a certain point that for me, I got better faster whenever I was performing in front of actual legit good crowds. Sure. Because that way, even if you're getting laughs on everything, you can tell which laughs aren't good. Right. You can tell which laughs are the best laughs you got just from the volume of it. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell that with a little mic. So, like, I, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, that getting along with people in the scene, that's how you get on better shows. Like, you just get along with people. Just be cool. Help support support them and they'll support you. Right. I mean, I, I, I you know, obviously I talk to a ton of stand ups in here. And I think, uh, you know, <laughs> one of the things that me and another comic were discussing was, you know, beyond talent. You know what? What are those sort of factors that that help a comedian move through a scene and and be in a position to experience the luck? And you know, reputation really sort of seems to be something that that does factor in because if if you think about a lot of the comedians you admire and a lot of the comedians you hear about who move on to great things, these are comedians that did curate a good reputation mm-hmm. for themselves. You know, they 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 respect people and they're nice to people and you know their their egos are in check i think that's important too right you know the uh the early on i realized that the only thing that like if your priority number one when you get on stage should be to be funny Mm -hmm. and if you can't be funny be likable and if you can't be likable at least be interesting yeah and if you can get one of those three things it's not a real bomb like because people you're getting something out of it in the eyes of the people that watched it because they're you have something of value to add to their lives right I think you should write a book called The Comedy Hierarchy, <laughs> and it'll be a philosophical... Well, all the shit I'm saying, I've, I'm kind of ripping from... Uh, like, I, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with comedy. Like, I you know, think about it constantly. I haven't stopped thinking about it constantly since I decided to start. Yeah. And I, that lead, it makes you... I'm the type of person, I want to research, you know, and read a lot of articles about it. I want to read, I want to listen to podcasts, you know, I want to... Mm-hmm watch interviews like i've like you know that i worship nate i was telling you about that Mm -hmm. like as far as his comedy and i've watched everything like every week or two i'll go to youtube and i'll search his name and like set the filter to like a week like in the last week and and like hope that there's a new interview with him and then hope that it's not some of the shit that i've already sure like i I hear him run bits on interviews now like it's basically a stand-up act on his interviews because i've heard it all i know exactly what he's gonna say so yeah. it's always nice whenever he gets a longer one, and I'm like, oh shit, maybe he's gonna tell a new story I haven't heard. So you're craving all that new yeah. sort of whatever. Well, maybe. there's yeah, because he like there was a good example. He had a podcast that he did with Luis J. Gomez. Yeah. Wait, no, I'm sorry. He did it with a uh, Giannis Papas and Kenny James Le- James Matter. It was it was, uh, it was really good. They did like 
a lot of episodes for a shit show of a podcast it was it was really ragtag yeah not good quality but like they it was you know hour-long episodes and there's a lot of them and they told a lot of stories about like because they were all still coming up nate was just starting to come up and blow up a little bit mm-hmm. but like they told stories of like all the open mics and like funny stories about new york the new york comedy scene yeah. and it was fascinating and i feel like i learned a lot yeah just about how real comedy works sure uh through osmosis almost but you know uh, at the same time you got to do what you do yeah, you got to you know. go out and feel it out and experience it for yourself to make it real. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, before we started, uh, before the before the mics were hot, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, you turned to me. There you <laughs> Jesus go. Jesus Christ! <laughs> By the way, that, that's three. We're at we're at, we're at a three mic stand kick count. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Sorry. I like it though. No, it's it's good. Like I said, it adds the aesthetic. Of I would like here. to say I'm not going to do it again, but I, d- I doubt that now. <laughs> no, I mean I feel like you should keep doing it. I, I don't know. The, I'm feeling I'm gonna kick this shit like three or four more times. Yeah, I mean I, that's we're taking bets. Jesus you know? Christ! Um, would it help if I did it too? Would no, that, I'm that sorry. I don't want to do it again. All right. <laughs> I feel like we should we should just wait until you do. Um, uh, and now I forgot what I was talking about. No, now I remember. Uh, <laughs> uh, before before the mics were on, uh, you turned to me and you were like, "Is this the Millennial Podcast?" And it is. Yeah, this is the Millennial Podcast. the The idea here is that I am a a man past his prime, right? Or you know, maybe I'm experiencing my prime. I really don't know where the fuck I'm at. This is a midlife right. crisis that doesn't seem to really want to die. Yeah, and I'm okay with it. Uh, but the goal is to sort of connect with, with the generation coming up on my heels. And uh, you sort of take umbrage with being, well, nobody calls you a millennial. It's not like you're walking down the street and people are yelling it at you. But certainly you are in that group. If, let, I'm glad I didn't say what just crept in my head. Let me go a different route on that because I could have been misconstrued terribly. Uh, <laughs> We we've all got thick skin here, Jess. Really, really, like I I'm not, but I like to I I'm stri- I strive to be somebody that is very worldly and like can you know, like like I was talking, getting along with everybody, seeing everybody's points of view, just being a fucking chill dude. Mm-hmm. Try to be the chillest dude. Try like I like to think if Jesus was real, he was just a real chill dude. Yeah, and like that's he got killed for it probably. You know what I mean? Like, but like if he was like getting called a millennial, like getting grouped in, I hate being grouped in to groups of people because I feel like. I'm responsible for the actions of the group at some point, like a team. Sure. When one person fucks up, everybody has to run. Right. Fuck that. No, like, I'd rather it just be me. Let me do me. Yeah, but and, you are, though, and I think that that is an aspect of millennials that is not overlooked. I think, you know, for all the, for all the, the, the shit that older generations give millennials, there's those very traits that mm-hmm. I think should be celebrated. Yeah. Your problem solving skills are probably different. And the fact that you are just doing you. Yeah. You're not. I've realized that I've just almost proved your point. Well, I'm, my, I'm not even trying to make a point. I mean, my, this is just for the here's, sake of here's my main, Here's my main beef with this is that I feel like, is, isn't millennial like a, a generation group, right? Or is that different? Am I thinking of it wrong? Or is the, the, yeah, the textbook definition is that anybody born in 1982 right. up until 2003 or four. Okay. I mean, it's, yeah. Okay, so I could be wrong about this, but I think I've looked into it when I got pissed off the first time, mm-hmm. and I'm right about it. So <laughs> if you look at the generation gaps, like the original ones, like they started off at like 30-year gaps. Yeah. And then as it gets like to my generation, they just like start doing it every six years or so. They're like, oh, by the way, you're new, you're Y now, and you're right. Z. Like they just shorten it up. I'm like, why can't we have thirty year gaps? Um, 
I mean, I, is, is it because technology is moving so fast? You guys are scared? Yeah, that might be part of, of 30 it. 30 years worth of technology people hey, coming after you? That may very well be the case. Um, <laughs> this, I mean, this is the first I'm hearing of that theory. I didn't know that they were yeah. They were if lopping you, these off every six years. Yeah, let me, I'll pull it up while we're talking because I'm pretty sure that that's the case. I don't want to be inaccurate because yeah. I've, I've looked at it before. Yeah, no, it's very entertaining to Google something on your phone <laughs> while we're talking. But, um, <laughs> you know... Uh, but it's a very millennial thing to do so go ahead well uh, I just want to know if like I, I would rather have a conversation based on a legit fact instead of just something I made up uh, see, and I think the opposite I think it's just good to talk and uh, feel like we know what we're saying I think I think we we talk too much yeah oh, do we yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know I'm afraid this relationship is not gonna work out um, I think we should see other people do other podcasts as, as long as they're millennials I'm fine with that right see yeah. I'm sticking to your own hey do you have any uh, butterscotch candies i can have yeah i might actually right. i love butterscotch <laughs> who doesn't see i don't get it why is that i mean butterscotch is delicious you have a jar of christmas candies i might yeah well not Chris- i'm i mean i'm jewish this some- is the- oh my bad <laughs> this, this, is, uh, this is the third reference to jesus that you've made though are you uh, a religious guy? i was raised i was raised uh christian yeah or yeah. i don't know what I, yeah something like that have yeah you, raised christian you, uh, is that can you be raised christian yeah or do you have to be a baptist or do you have to pick one what are you asking can me you for just, i don't, I don't know. know you're jewish <laughs> y'all are like y'all created christianity I, I, I mean I fucking eat bacon. I'm the worst Jew. Like, Christianity is like the spinoff of Judaism, is right? That, it's like the Joey well, there's some, there's some like, reason why they love Israel. I'll tell. You, I've never understood it growing Jewish up. Like, people? why? Why do? Why do? Why <laughs> do the Christians wait, wait, love? On. Why are we supposed to love Israel as Christians? They're like so far away, and they're like, trust us. All right, we need to watch out for them. Well, you know, like it, why? Well, Israel. They're mean to us throughout the whole. Body. They're like, trust us, guys. It's okay. <laughs> God loves them, and we need to look out for them. Israel's, We're going to send them money. Israel's like a new thing. It's, it came out like in the fifties. Yeah, that's my point exactly. I was born yeah. in eighty-seven. I don't know what year you were born. Yeah, Israel's been a thing my whole life. Right, it's been a yeah, but it's been a thing my whole life. But, but, <laughs> Christians love it. It's the Holy Land, you know. Christ, I mean, that's where Christians love them. Some Israel, they do. Love I would them love Israel. to see the amount of money that goes into like Israel from Christianity, just like churches and stuff. It would be a staggering amount. I and, like tourism and stuff. Now, there's the shit you should be googling. That's no, the, that's, that's see, that's nobody wants to Google that. That's yeah, boring. That's boring shit. Yeah, the Bible's pretty boring. All religions are boring. I agree. They're yeah. all boring, and and you know the worst is when people try to make them fascinating. It's like, what about the time? I don't know why I'm doing a Southern voice. Because um, you're racist? Yeah, a little bit. Um, maybe. Uh, four, there you four, go. four. Go. That's four. I knew it was going to yeah. happen. Hell um, yeah. At this time, at this point, I feel like I'm just trying to goad you into doing yeah. it. Yeah, you got it. Uh, <laughs> was everybody where you grew up very religious, though? Oh, they were all Jewish, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you grew up in Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, uh, was yeah. religion a thing though was it like uh, if, oh, you, yeah. if, if you weren't you most, were the most people were like Baptists where I grew up Southern and like, Baptists and what age were you sort of rebelling against that like from the first Sunday that I got woke up and told I had to go somewhere yeah that I didn't want to go really well that's a very millennial thing right there no that's a sleepy thing it's like a, <laughs> you think it's a I don't like attitude. singing like dumb songs I don't like yeah praying and not getting to be the person who's talking that's always dumb but what i mean is you know it's probably not the first generation but the but the millennial generation you know the the value system changed you know you no longer had to do things simply because it was a part of your religion you you know you don't have to go meet your future husband or wife 
at the fucking at the uh, religion dance or yeah. whatever the uh, function may be. I definitely think technology helped break down uh, or like knock religion down a peg or two. Well, I, absolutely, Western because society. I don't believe in religion. I think it's all hokey, and 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 I don't. I know what I believe in. Yeah. And, um, and I don't know if we have time to get into that necessarily. But no, that please don't. But this all, yeah, <laughs> this all ties in. Uh, touche, sir. This all. T- I don't want to hear about your crazy Jew magic. No, I know, right. you don't. I know you don't. I know you don't. Uh, but 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 this all ties into the access to information that you guys all had. You know, I feel yeah. like you're able to call bullshit on so much more now. Yeah, I remember the first time I played Oregon Trail on mm-hmm. MS DOS. I was like, God is not real. God probably. is dead. Yeah, this uh, this dysentery. oxen would have made it. Yeah, if God was an omnipotent, loving being. Yeah. But no, I, uh, I, I do feel like that just from the internet, just being able to have a lot of information. Because really what made me, because I struggled with religion for like, I, I never liked it. I never really got it. But like I tried, I wanted to get it. Yeah. Like I, uh, whenever I was like getting into drugs and stuff after high school and I started going off to college, like I would struggle with like that shit internally a lot. Like I, I honestly like thought I was going to go to hell every night. Well, yeah, you were you were probably had this inner fight going on. Yeah, where it's like what's real and what. I isn't. didn't really let it go until I was probably twenty. Like right before I started doing comedy. Yeah, yeah. Like I, honestly, it kind of went hand in hand. Well, artists tend to not really buy into most religious theories. Some do. Yeah, it locked me down. Like it held me back. I felt like that's Let's, what uh, I felt it hold it. Like I finally felt like that. Like as soon as I let it go, it like felt better than that. That they with the feeling they say it washes over you when you sure. get baptized, right? Like I thought I felt something then. Oh no, it's way better when I finally was just like, oh fuck this shit. Yeah, and then you're just like, oh my god, I'm gonna go do stand up now. Yeah, it was your own sort of uh, it's, coming it's out. It's like party. really freeing. Yeah, like yeah. you don't worry. Like now it's almost like you want to get to work. Sure. On what you want to do now, instead of just like walking through life on eggshells, trying not to piss off something. That's a very mature and adult way of looking at it, too. Yeah. What? Uh, uh, well, let me let me just uh, switch things up a little bit. Were there any sort of computer geeks or Dungeons and Dragons nerds in your small town? Oh, for you? sure. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. But small towns have demographics. The groups are just so much smaller. It's like two people or three people that are into the same thing. Right. And they just walk around in little groups, have yeah. their own little lunch tables. And that wasn't Get you. called their own little cute slurs. Right. <laughs> were there hipsters where you were? <laughs> Goths. There was hip... No, I don't think hipster was a thing whenever I was in high school. Okay. We so. never... We didn't have that. We had like... We had like uh, jocks, and then we had like cheerleaders, mm-hmm. people, and then like... I don't know. Really, there wasn't that many... Well, are you laughing over there eating a cheerleadery? <laughs> you know what the fuck I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it was like good girls and bad girls. Yeah. Ooh, and then you had like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah How very coy that. of you, right? You there. had the nerds. Oh, my favorite group was the uh, what we call them, the DBKs. We okay. call them the DBKs. Call them the dirt bike kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, because they drove a lot of dirt bikes all sure. day. That's all they cared about. And they'd, they'd be reading their dirt bike magazines. We call them DBKs. Like uh, like guys who were fixated on. I actually liked autumn. a lot of those guys. Like, see, I hung out. I would go sit at like all the tables. I never had like a group. I would just like float in and out of all the groups. Yeah, which is what I was going to ask so you all next. Were my friends, yeah. But I did the same shit. Like I because be, I played sports and I would just go whatever. Right. I mean, I'd be wearing. I wouldn't hang out with the nerds and the losers, you know. Oh like, well, but, then, well then fuck me. But uh, I hang out. With, <laughs> I started hanging out with them when I started doing drugs after high school. So yeah, we made up for lost time. I was, you know, I I. I didn't wear glasses in high school and I had longer hair and I was by every stretch of the word probably coming off as a poser back then what but 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 same thing as you though I just didn't like to line up with one singular group you know yeah. what I mean like I like to just sort of get a taste of, of all of them and so 
I would go to a fish show, but I'd be wearing like a Pantera t-shirt. You know uh, what I mean? Or uh, I'd go, I'd go, I know. I, or I'd go to a rave in like jeans and a, and a, and a Chicago Bulls. Uh, <laughs> I was one of those guys. But it was only because I was curious about everybody. It wasn't because I wanted to identify. As, you wanted to be a voyeur. I didn't want to be a, a, a cisgender hippie. You know, I just wanted to fucking do everything. Was that a thing back then? No, not at all. Oh, okay. That's a relatively new thing. Yeah. I can't keep up with it. I think I got a good grasp on it now, but yeah, it's new, I think. Like the term or whatever is starting to get new. I do my best not to offend anyone. I mean, I respect anybody's decision to do whatever they want. That's your first mistake. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's what's wrong with you old farts. Why? We I shouldn't respect people? You you should, no, not at all. That's <laughs> I think that's where we've gone wrong in this world. Too much respect. Oh, come on. No, too much respect, too much love for your fellow man. Oh, I'm yeah. not a fan now of you're it. you're being cynical now. I'm not. I'm being dead serious. You're, being, you're satirizing. No. You're saying that we shouldn't respect anybody. I'm saying the only <laughs> thing we should respect is the ocean. Yeah, you're cracking a smile. That's why you like the Pacific. <laughs> that's why you love watching that show. Yeah, the, just, the ocean's powerful. Excellent. So your higher power is the ocean. Pretty much. It's not my higher power. I still don't respect it. Yeah. But I fear it. You like going in the water? <laughs> not the ocean. No. No. Ponds and lakes I'm tight with though. Yeah. Yeah. On a boat or you go you go swimming? I just don't fuck with salt. No. You uh you leave the uh, the t shirt on when you jump in? What's no, no, I used to. I used to. Yeah. I used to and then I don't anymore. All right, that's yeah. a that's a huge. Step I've gotten in. more confident. Yeah. yeah, you're more very comfortable with yourself. Yeah. Well, also the older you get, everybody it almost it's almost weird if you're old and look like you with a nice body. People are like, "What is that? What has that guy been doing for 20 me? years?" What's <laughs> that guy's got some problems. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he should have a belly by now. Where is his wife? I do. I look at that. I have a belly. It's there. I got it when I moved to Texas. You have, you have fat bastards. But uh, nah, I mean uh, it's genes mostly. But also, I take care of myself. Yeah, I mean you two could have this. Bod. I take care of myself every night, buddy. Come work out. Right. Come work out with me. We'll go to LA. Fitness. No, I don't work out. <laughs> I don't work out. They have a pool. There's water. Exercise is so dumb. Yeah. I kind of agree with you there, but... Uh, I feel like if Jesus didn't have to walk everywhere, he still wouldn't exercise. He wouldn't be like, hey, I'm yeah. not going to Corinth today. I'm going to just hit the Bowflex up. Yeah. That Jesus Get my swole on. That dude would You guys sit around and spot me while I tell you about Jonah. <laughs> I don't think that ever happened. Uh, book Jesse at your next church gig. My God, you're so oh, I don't well think, versed I think that's the only place in the United States that wouldn't have me, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. I think I could play everywhere except for religious places. I've yeah. tried. People hate it when I talk about religion on stage. I, I mean, most people do. It sounds it comes off preachy, that's why. Even the people that don't like religion, I feel like kind of get weirded out just because it's a shock yeah. hearing my accent be anti-religious. Sure. Yeah. Well, Jess, uh, we are uh, almost wrapped up here. But uh, usually, uh, you know, what I, well, how, where are we at right now? Are we at 35, 40? What's going on? Yeah, like 37. Oh, 37. Mm. All right. Well, I am fucking plumb out of questions for you. How old are you? I'm 37. <laughs> I knew it. I had a feeling you were the exact same age as the time. I knew it. As, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's that? another thing millennials can do. What's that? Random shit. Yeah. <laughs> Random shit, like, bruh. I, think every, I feel like everything millennials do is... <laughs> There's, there's there's little rhyme or reason, but I know that there is though. Yeah. Like I like I I I've I, seen so much internet. It's yeah. just it gets, it's subconscious at this point. Well, and there's like a tone and a language used on the internet that millennials understand that a lot of people don't. That's that that irony thing. Yeah, you know, that's that sort of. 
it's not snark, but it's funny. You know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah. It's like you read a meme and you just know how to read it and interpret oh, I don't it. Re- I don't look at memes. But you, but you know what I'm saying though. It's uh, someone could leave a comment on a thread or some shit, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I, under- I understand why this is funny. Yeah. Even though it's presented in a very peculiar, sort of straightforward way. Have you ever commented on a meme with saying that? What? No. I never. understand why this is funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm gonna know, start doing that. I know. Like, I was gonna say that instead that, of like liking it, I'm just be like, I understand why this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> that that is my brand that is actually kind of my, like I, I should i haven't but i will uh yeah no i mean you know like i'm, I'm i don't have a wife or kid so i'm able to sort of continue to to not I'm be a grown you sh- up. you're living the dream like that's the right way to do I'm, it i I'm, think i'm doing all right i mean you know i've like anyone I've i feel like if you moments. did have a wife and kid you would probably be divorced I would. I'd, so you dodged a bullet. I, I might resent it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I for there, there were a few years where I I almost got married once and that didn't happen. Yeah. And there were there were a few years where I I flirted with the idea of being a dad and I was like, well, I, this can't happen unless I find someone yeah. to do that with. Uh, and then that's to do to do what with be a, be a father with <laughs> to do the to do the sex to with to have the sex time <laughs> with so that we can have a baby. Did you put out a Craigslist ad at no, this point? No, was Craigslist just, around? You know, when you're dating, you're just there are people out there that specifically want to start families and damn stuff. And, oh, that yeah. is an awkward first date what are you 29 i've never had a first date where i've been like so let's talk about how bad i want to have kids well, you're you're right you're, you're almost into your 30s though, yeah right? but like adoption is a real thing it happens, now. It happens more and more when you get into yeah, your 30s. i'll adopt dude i don't want to continue my brain yeah i really don't it won't go good the second time around a uh, little asian girl well I, I if i did it would have to be like me changing who i'm attracted to and start being attracted to better quality women because i like shit-headed women yeah well i just learned that about myself so like it's my jeans my shithead jeans are gonna go with her shithead jeans and our kid's gonna be a fucking miserable asshole and i'm not gonna love him ever and he's gonna be a dude just another thing i know it's gonna be he's a big little shit yeah and i'm probably gonna beat him go to jail for it (laughs) oh my god yeah (laughs) (laughs) i've seen my future laid out in front of me yeah i'll say and i don't want it that yeah <laughs> dude just i'm gonna adopt an asian kid yeah so i could raise him right that's uh and he's that's, gonna talk just like me and it's gonna throw people the fuck off yeah <laughs> well, it, 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 i think you do well with an asian kid to be honest i feel like that's a relationship that could be fostered i feel like it would be wondrous for my career yeah if i adopted an asian kid and just started bringing him all my gigs and telling him to sit down on the stage when i go up just sit yeah just do my act you'd be the 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 version of there will be blood but as a comedian like you just you just bring along an adopted and then kid. If, a, if a joke didn't go well i'd like go and smack him on the back of the head yeah. oh my <laughs> god just tell the next joke you're a terrible father <laughs> a great sitcom though terrible father but god damn it he's funny what a funny catch, <laughs> catch jesse at cap city comedy club smack <laughs> oh god damn it uh well well uh yeah uh, just to, to to wrap things up here this th- this was a fun time did you have a good time oh great time yeah kind of went very quickly i feel yeah, like we could do another, another two hours but yeah good times i'm kind of an introvert it's always tough for me to like keep talking do you have that same issue <laughs> just kick the mic stand <laughs> if you blink once for yes kick the mic stand twice for no uh Jess, thank you for coming hey, by. I appreciate it, man. It's been really fun. What, thank you. Uh, one last question, which is something I always like to throw at my millennial guests, mm-hmm. because, you know, foretelling the future is not an easy thing, right. but, you know, this is a great way to tap into the the millennial mindset. What what do you think is going to happen to you or, or just in general in 10 years, 15 years from now? I think in 10 or 15 years from now, I will have found a way to bring dragons back. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Solid answer, man. Thank you. Should we leave it at that? Yeah, it's goals. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. That's been uh, the podcast, Ryan with the Millennials. Special guest, Jesse Sinnon. Thank you, sir. Thank uh, you. And, and if you want to drop us a note, send an email over to ryanhasapodcast at gmail.com, and uh, we will see you next week. See you. Should be good.